the big question mark is going to be like, at what price, right? Where's price discovery in the absence of Albemarle's bid not being there? I've had one person tell me, ah, oh, it might be low twos. I've heard some people say low ones. And Liontown shareholders seem to think it'll be down at $2.70. Do you think it's in Gina's best interest to keep the share price high? I actually think it could be in her interest to have the share price go as low as possible. You know, there's a, a big, big question mark about Gina's role in all of this and what she's trying to what she's trying to get at right. 30th of June 2022, Hancock's cash and cash equivalents um, sat at a remarkable 17.8 billion dollars. Call it a little, a little over about a billion dollars buying Liontown shares to get to 20%. And that's peanuts in the bigger picture of what you know the real end game is for her. Righto, g'day money miners. Tuesday 17th of October and the day is here. Hope you've enjoyed part one of Rusty's chat yesterday about metal, metal bifurcation. Absolutely. And uh, we have taken the intro to the next level. Trav put the finishing touches on the text. It was fucking sensational. I was pinging in the bloody bathroom watching it, mate. Buddy, that was all you. That was, um, yeah, a few hours of your good work learning, learning the tricks of the trade. You're fucking a few. You've mastered yeah, the jumbo now. You've taken to video editing. It's a, it's a new, <laughs> new craft. Oh, mate, today we promised it yesterday. We're getting into the Lion Town twist with uh, Albemarle, Gina and whoever else we're going to put in the uh, speculation bag. And we're getting into the... Dacian takeover by Genesis that has finally happened. They're the two big stories today. A couple other draw results out from Spartan that have uh, and other yeah. stuff, but these are the two yeah. big stories well, we're getting into. One is one is a previously foiled deal that is now completing, and this one is a um, or well, proposed deal that's now been foiled. So yes. what a bloody um, yeah, two, two two really interesting ones to talk about. Like, yeah, serious bloody um. Serious, serious, serious stuff to talk about. So I'm excited, Matty. There is, and there's a and there's a bit of an eighty twenty inverted link that I'll link yeah. the two stories with too as well. Right, right, let's get into it, Trav. Uh, mate, sponsors for the day are great, <laughs> great friends, Langers and Bondi at Terra Capital. This I'll is just, the second I'll, time we've written this yeah, one, Matty. Because even Trav wouldn't let over you the said, line. You said so, bangers to start with, which I, is I Bonnie say, and Langer's nah, that wasn't name. the issue. It was around some, <laughs> some form of financial advice. But uh, JD, I'm pushing the envelope now that JD's away, seeing what I can get away with. Maybe this will be in the uncut money of mine only fans. <laughs> but for those who don't know, these absolute GCs at Terra Capital, uh, they've got a natural resource fund. They're based in Sydney, heavily invested in the TSX. Look at a lot of global resource opportunities is not confined to the Australian geographic location. So absolute, uh, yeah. Stellar yeah. returns, smart people. But yeah, pay attention to what they do. Yeah. No financial advice. <laughs> Thanks for your support, Terra, of Money of Mine. And shout out to, obviously, we can't forget Dylan Kelly at Terra Capital as well, who produced one of the greatest rare earth spectaculars on our podcast. So uh, thanks, Terra. Right, let's get into it. First up, the Lion Town. Twist. I don't know, is it a twist? You could you could see it coming, but Jesus Christ, uh, the implications of what has happened uh, cost might cost a bit of people a lot of cash. Mm. We'll get into it. So pretty much Albemarle announced yesterday the big American downstream lithium producer and also owner of part owner of Greenbushes, Wadjana, the obviously the Kemenden plant here, and mm. so they're they're 
in and around Australia, but they were wanting to take over Liontown for three bucks a share. They were in due diligence and they have now walked away. Mm. You could really say as a subsequent event of Gina Reinhart gaining 20% shareholding in Liontown. Yep. Mm. It's bad news, really bad news. And a lot of um, Liontown shareholders, you know, there's no price that's enough for them. So I think they've just got a lot of, um, yeah, soul searching to do because this is going to bring them back to earth in a big way, unfortunately. Bad, yeah, bad news for Liontown shareholders. Mm-hmm. Okay, probably not bad news for Gina, mm. maybe don't know if it's bad news for Albemarle, but we're going to get we're going to get right right into it. So, look, yeah. And as we said, Gina's and how it's come about as Gina's twenty percent shareholding now pretty much had the power to sway the vote for the um, scheme of arrangement to go through, and we are, I guess, inferring that due to that part of the due diligence period, they got extended by a week last week. Yeah, Albemarle it looks to it looks a bit hard now. So they Albemarle themselves like uh, explicitly state that point. They quote, uh, you know, that the, one of the re- the reason that they quote in their announcement is its decision to withdraw its proposal was due to the growing complexities associated with executing the transaction, aka the fact that China now owns twenty percent. You need twenty five, um, but you you need you need seventy five percent of the the votes, the people that vote to actually you know vote in favour. So you know, Gina's interest there would block a scheme of arrangement, which is um. Yeah, bad news for anyone wanting to complete a deal there. Clearly, um, Albemarle has given up on whatever conversations, you know, or communications have been between them and you know Gina, uh, Gina's party, and it's it's too hard. So here's really here's where things get spicy, Maddie, because Lion Town immediately go into trading halt. They've got a big funding gap to solve for, and that problem is here now and that's go, that's grown recently there was yep. some analysts were talking about it's up to about 540 million yeah so they've got to be needed they've gone into trading halt and that sort of i guess prevents the opportunity for price discovery to occur in the absence of an albemarle bid and there's you know reports out from the AFR that um you know that UBS actually sounding the market for an equity raising here a bit of a context so two and a half weeks ago uh, Liontown revealed to the market that the size of the funding gap had gone up, like you mentioned. This revelation happened during Albemarle's DD process, let's keep in mind. Uh, at the same time, Liontown revealed that they'd also sidelined DSO based on um, the current lithium prices, but you know, this, this DSO may have alleviated some funding I think it was pressure. Like about 90 million bucks or yep. something, it wasn't a, yep. yeah. It's got to be sold for now. That they, they said, you know, they're progressed with debt discussions for $450 million, but you know, progress, progress, you know, progress debt, you know, you never quite know how long that takes to execute. There's so many things you've got to tick off and, um, yeah. and everything with debt. It's really, really, it takes a long time. I debt, think, I think they had um, that sort of non-binding offers from like export yeah. credit agencies yeah. and like indications. So not, but nothing was binding. Didn't appear yeah. anything was finalized, but, but heavily progressed. And then, uh, that CapEx hikes or some analysts sort of, you know, expecting about 540 million needed. There's varying reports on what that number is. As soon as they announced Albemarle had, had withdrawn though, you know, they're, they're in halt and there's this, this sort of overhang of an equity raising coming. And I think a really interesting uh, question is, um, it's going to be around what's, if, if they're actually raising 300 to 500 and I'm not sure. Is that US or Aussie, Trey? It'd be, it'd be Aussie, yeah. Aussie, yeah. If they're actually raising that, then... Um, you know, the big question mark is going to be like at what price, right? These guys wanting to hold at $2.79. I 
Um, where's price discovery in the absence of Albemarle's bid not being there? Because they weren't at three – like this $3 offer, remember what Liontown was before this album, these numerous Albemarle offers come in. Remember there was repeated uh, – there was mm-hmm. numerous offers that weren't actually disclosed to the market at the time. They were disclosed at a later date. But that saw them shoot from below $2 up to that $3 mark like that – and mm. hence they're, they're being, as Albemarle said, fully valued at that $3 mark. So as you said, now that this is off the table and they're going to tap, tap the market to – potentially going to tap the market to sort this funding gap via 100% of equity. Mm. I'm not sure if it will be 100% equity. They might – whatever – say they only raise $300 million equity, then – I mean, they're banking on the fact that they're, they're still going to get some more debt in there from this consortium of lenders, which yeah. seems reasonable. So even look, and as you said, analysts are predicting five hundred and forty. So yeah, look, the higher end of that five hundred million mightn't even need to, mightn't even cover yeah. it. So there'd have to be some sort of debt. This is the second day of trading halt now, and we still haven't heard a single thing on the street about what price this is going to be at. And this is such an interesting question. I've heard like serious people talk about insanely different ranges of what their um, offer price could be at if if they do equity. I'm sure they're scrambling to try and figure out and like prepays, whatever, any potential funding options to bridge them in some way, shape or form if there is um, an immediate funding pressure that um, would avoid, you know, poor price discovery from a capital raising perspective. But the fact that it's two days into hold and we haven't heard mm. a single thing about what the offer price is, um, from like an indicative terms perspective, is is, is is unusual. And and as you said, numerous people have had one person tell me, ah, oh, might be low twos. I've heard some people say low ones. Like mm. we we don't know what the offer price is. And line town shareholders seem to think it'll be down at two dollars seventy. <laughs> yeah, God, that'd be um. Yeah, it's going to be very very interesting to see what it opens at. Well, you would assume the um. The term sheet will come out before they Yeah, what the offer price is is the is the yeah, the key bit of um price discovery news that I'm I'm waiting for here. Yeah, so and, I don't think there's any point spitballing that, that trap. So yeah. okay, uh, I'll ask you this. Why if they're going to sound the market for up to half a billion dollars, now that Gene is on the on the register for twenty percent holding, why wouldn't they go down a a debt facility route and not go through the highly dilutive route. Remember, this is they raise five hundred million. That could be mm. by the time the price drops, that could be well over ten percent of the market cap, um, nearly up to their maximum issue. Um, why wouldn't they go through like a debt facility with someone like Gina? Do you think it's in <laughs> Gina's best interest to keep the share price high? That's my question to you, right? Because if if mm. Gina gave a debt facility and um, yeah, kept. I guess removed the need to do a dilutive equity raise and everything like that. Then I I think it's a point we're going to get into a little bit further down, Maddie. But I I actually think it could be in her interest to have the share price go as low as possible, um, just in terms of what her next plans are in this equation. So yeah, I actually if her intention was to foil the deal and then pick up the rest dirt cheap or cheaper, then um, why would she why would she give him a debt facility now? And would they want a debt facility off Gina after her essentially, you wouldn't say blowing up the deal, but with the album <laughs> but she's been a contributing yeah. a contributing factor, they might be a bit pissed off with her. Um, and there, there's, there won't be any short of uh, – I don't think they'll be short of uh, equity demand 
for the raise. Consider you're looking on the latest short data was that Line Town were nine point seven three percent shorted on the ASX. So mm. look, if you say it goes back to you know two bucks or below, that could be what's that about four hundred million bucks worth of shorts that would need to be closed out. So that yeah, um, that would go straight into the raise. A huge portion of those shorts emerged because people anticipated what China was doing and they, they predicted that, yeah, the Albemarle deal would fall away and um, China would sort of let, let the share price fall as a result. So those shorts were kind of basically shorting into China's buying, um, which, yeah, I mean, is likely to turn out to be a pretty good trade if if uh, their, their placement's done at a, at, a, at a steep discount here and they've locked yep. in a very positive return um, if they, they bid into that placement to close out the short. Wonder, I wonder how many uh, of the, the lioneers, as they call them, Took their cash at three bucks. I mm. reckon, yeah, don't know. It will be interesting. I, I noticed in um, the reporting of the West Australian that they disclosed sources close to uh, Hancock said that Hancock would bid pro rata their nineteen point nine percent into into a placement. Um, but again, there's still no indications on what the pricing of that placement is going to be. And then you, you just think of if they if it goes down a high proportion of equity, considering it, like say they raise ten percent of their market cap um, through this equity raise at you know, low two bucks or whatever. Can't see it uh, getting back to $3 much easier because it's even become even harder now if they go dilute the shareholders to actually get that price back to $3 for the, uh, you know, the retail punters or the minor major shareholders, not the big dogs, to get that value again. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's a, it, it, yeah. It's it's really bad news for, for shareholders. Um, it's, it's unfortunate. I think we should talk about, Maddie, what the – what are the considerations for Gina here? The, you know, there's a, a big, big question mark about Gina's role in all of this and what she's trying to what she trying to get at. Right, I think some of the takes that I've seen floating out there about Gina's role have been a bit off. They've they've missed the mark a little bit. There's lots of finger pointing going on. Um, people people calling Gina a baggy and um, blowing up her own investment. I, I'll, I'll flash up a couple on screen here. What's a baggy? Someone like a bag collector? Like, like, like holding a bag that, you know, you, you bought high and now it's lower price. So, uh, so you're a bag holder. Uh, so Stockrocker goes, LTR, ODR, Gina, FOMO in at $3. Uh, Alex goes, LTR, not going to produce a thing without substantial injection of capital considering they were on life support in the mid $1 after real news dropped. Albemarle has every um, incentive to walk here and buy the big dip. Gina and Bianca have all the makings of late top buying baggies. So another, another baggy bit. And then Twin Turbo uh, Silica goes, did Gina just become a baggy? Hashtag welcome to baggy town. Lots of baggy <laughs> There's a thread here. Uh, did she just, she just did another Vulcan. Um, Gina, way to blow two to $300 million of your own cash and a, a billion of everyone else's. So I think this is a bad take. <laughs> I know Lion Town holders are upset, but I absolutely believe Gina wanted this. Um, here's, here, here's what I, th I think people don't quite appreciate when they think of the investment dynamics of, of Gina Reinhardt at the moment. If you go back in time and look at the bidder statement that Hancock lobbed uh, in its bid for Warrego Energy last year, there was this detail. It said, at 30th of June, 2022, Hancock's cash and cash equivalents um, sat at a remarkable $17.8 billion. $17.8 billion cash and cash equivalent. So that's ignoring like debt capability that you have as well, right? Because so, so, so sure, all right, maybe that's like Gina spent what? Call it um, call it a little, a little over about a billion dollars buying 
line town shares to get to 20% or whatever she spent, a bit over a billion dollars, call it. And that's peanuts in the bigger picture of what, you know, the real end game is for her here. So what, what she spends on the first 20% is way less important versus the payoff from whatever seat she gets at the table for some long-term lithium vehicle business in Australia. She's wedged herself in here to demand a strong seat be that in a joint venture with Albemarle, with Minres, with both. We don't know the dynamics of what it is she actually wants. But Albemarle withdrawing here is largely due to Gina. Primarily <laughs> due to Gina? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just and, due to Gina? Yeah. And maybe maybe DD was um, – yeah. maybe there were some question marks on DD too, right? We saw you know bad news wrench through the market in that process. But Liontown have a funding issue. Albemarle withdraw. Share price falls off. If Gina wants to buy – um, in, a, in a joint venture with Minres, then now the other 80% is going to look a lot cheaper probably and um, and you can probably bank on her sitting there patiently as Liontown has to navigate all of the risk ahead as that project sort of, you know, solves its funding gap, finishes construction, ramps up, and we know that lithium ramp up can be a timely exercise and things don't always go to plan. And she doesn't have to put a bid in through that period because with Gina at 20%, you really think anyone else is going to come knocking? Like Exactly. <laughs> it's a, it, it's sort of like uh, the second story we're going to go into with Genesis and Dacian, but just time time reverse. So like, you know, Genesis bought the, the 80% of Dacian. Now they've paid overs for the 20%, but the overs they've paid for the 20 cent isn't a major factor in what they've paid for the whole thing. And this might be what happens in reverse for Gina securing her take in uh, in Kathleen Valley. Mm-hmm. So could could go the same way. We don't yeah. know. But the, um, the other the other scenario is if her intentions weren't a JV within Res, but if her intentions were a JV with Albemarle, which I don't know or think that they were. But if they were, then maybe that maybe that's harder now because you pissed off Al- Albemarle in a big way. But I just um, – I think regardless, she's got the upper hand, right? Mm. <laughs> she's sitting there with 20%. There's no more bit on the table. Um, like yeah, she's the she, – she, it's, it's all up to her now. And no, and there won't be any other sweeters come in mm. that aren't aligned with her because they know she'll just block them there's, like she's done it already. Like there's, there's, they'd totally. have to be aligned with her. Yeah, and and if she's bought shares at three bucks and she sort of knows the dynamics of how this will all unfold – like, it's not like you can just put in a, a, a bid at a 50% premium and she'll accept into it. Like, it means nothing to her. Like, the gain yeah. on that, you know, just like she's – the capital gain means nothing. So it's not like she's a typical shareholder that you look at and they're like, oh, I can offer a decent premium and they'll just accept because yeah. they make money because it's peanuts. Like, yeah. <laughs> it's just peanuts um, to yeah, her. Yeah, well, she'll look like a genius if she picks up the 80%, <laughs> the other 80% at uh, two bucks. Yeah. And, I mean, she can just – let it de-risk itself, um, you know, and if if more equity, then she just goes pro rata or if the share price falls off, then whatever she has to pay in the ultimate long run is less. And But she doesn't have to own it and she doesn't have to wear that risk as, as operator. She can let that happen under the, the Liontown banner in, in the interim. And, um, and there's still other factors to play out, like, you know, Armin is going to come into this and how does that look? And there's no real time pressure on, on any of that to actually happen now. If I would... If I were Gina and I were Minres, I'd kind of want to see all of the the the, the risk process kind of happen under the Liontown banner 
now knowing that the corporate appeal to Albemarle's gone and that no one else can really take it over because Gina's sitting there at 19.9%. Yeah, exactly. Um, now, before we get into the Albemarle side of things, Trav, Gina's 5% holding in Chalice. Yeah. Now, for those who don't know, Tim Goiter is he's the major shareholder in Chalice and was the major shareholder in Liontown but is now the second major shareholder behind Gina but still owns – Oh, I think it was 14, 14 and a bit percent. So still a still a major shareholder. Um, so was this five percent stake in Chalice? Do you think a strategic investment in Chalice or a strategic investment in gaining mm. a bit of leverage against Tim Goiter <laughs> with a broader, longer term line town play like this? I don't know. I don't know. It's an interesting question. We saw um, when Chalice share price ran off. There were kind of these, yeah, Australians reporting that um, Hancock's sitting there at less than 5% and, um, yeah, they're vulnerable to a potential takeover from from Hancock. I Honestly, like, I don't know what her intentions are with Chalice, but, you know, if you, <laughs> it's sort of like an extra – it's an extra bit of, yeah, relationship pressure or leverage you could think of when it comes to any discussions with Tim, I'm sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, what? Okay, let's get on the lo, uh, Albemarle. So, do you think is this is this the last we'll see of Albemarle in relation to Liontown and Kathleen Valley? Because look, Liontown could um, go to Albemarle and do a a direct share placement for this for this raise, and Albemarle could easily get up to twenty percent holding as well to be a pain in <laughs> Gina's side. Yeah. But do you think after this that they'll be lighting up too hard? We're we're done. I mean, I mean like, yes, like, sh- sure. Um, I just, why why would Albemarle bother buying shares here? Uh, because, like, they end up back in the same position. They still are going to need Gina to agree if they want it outright. It might make sense if Albemarle kind of, you know, settled for a joint venture with Gina and then you've got two massive shareholders sort of needing an outcome from each other are f- sort of forced into it into a JV but I, I feel like if that was an outcome that they would have settled for we would have seen some outcome reached before they they withdrew from um, withdrew in the way that we've seen I think with 17 billion dollars in cash mm. you wouldn't need to have a JV partner would you for something that's potentially she might get now for five billion yeah I t- I'm sort of in the camp that that um Gina might not necessarily need Albemarle. I, I, I'm not entirely sure how the permutations work out. With Obviously, there's going to be mining and there'll be the downstream processing, but you look at the rhetoric out of MinRes now and, and they're, they're talking so much more about the upstream stuff and, mm. and, um, and, a, and a, you know, taking steps to be removed from the downstream. And I think, I think maybe that will be the specialization that the sort of like, you know, emerges in, in the, in the Gina camp as well. Obviously there's going to be, um, you know, agreements for the product and, and all the rest of it, which requires the, the upstream stuff to go downstream. But, but do you have to do it in a joint venture album? I'll need the security of supply. And, um, I think the, the bolder position for anyone who thinks the rocks are king is to hoard the rocks unencumbered. By the downstream owner, mm. and most because most of the offtake has been secured for Off- Line Town uh, out to twenty thirty, isn't out it? With uh, Tesla and Ford, I think yeah. there was some some still available. So 
It's not like they need, <laughs> mate. As I said, everyone's begging for fucking lithium. It's not going to be fine to hard someone, hard to find someone that wants it. Mm-hmm. So I don't think because uh, you think because if you think think of Minrez's JV with um, Albemarle for Wadjana, mm. Minrez didn't have the capital capability back then when they did that that Gina Reinhart has right now. Yeah, which I- would have meant that they would have needed. Been much more in need of a JV partner, partner whereas Gina Reinhardt's got, as you said, seventeen billion dollars. Yeah, you I don't can think see she the, needs one. Well, you can see the the logic for Gina to partner with someone who has underground mining expertise or logistics expertise. I mean, she obviously has got serious expertise when it comes to Roy Hill, but there's a you know iron ore is a different kind of mining than um when it when it comes to the you know the chemical processes involved in in um in lithium, right? So. I think there's um there's a degree of technical expertise which you could leverage in, in some sort of joint venture with with someone who's got lithium mining experience. It's a different different or skill you, set. Or you just recruit. <laughs> or you just recruit. And pay him top dollar. Totally. Um, but yeah, I mean, there's another question, Maddie, and that's um what does Albemarle do from an MA perspective? Assume that they're out and they're out for good. They might come back if things change, but assume they're out, right? Let's. I'm going to read a sentence to you from. Albemarle's announcement, they say uh, they say planned expansion to deliver volumetric growth continue to progress across the company's global portfolio. Albemarle's capital allocation priorities remain investing in high return organic and inorganic growth, maintaining its financial flexibility and investment grade credit rating and funding its dividends. So I read that and... Uh, it looks like they're going to be hungry for for, for other other um other other you know developers or, or producers because they've got these they've got these volumetric growth um, plans right and so you take Kathleen Valley out of the equation what could Albemarle turn to well it's you know further down the pipeline from just a construction production perspective but you know they've got a twelve month standstill with PMET at the moment I wonder if they'll be nervous if um. If, uh, yeah, someone did a gene to them on that one. And then uh, we also know Sigma is for sale. Um, that's producing right now. Does, does Albemarle look at that? I don't know. Uh, but, yeah. A bit closer to their stomping ground. Yeah. I, I'm, I'll be curious In to Brazil. see. I mean, Albemarle has been super just um, aggressive. From a from you know the certain perspective of trying to acquire or be invested in these uh, upstream operations, we've had we've had some punchy words from Joe Lowry on who um, doesn't rate their mining capability at all mm. because he thinks it's, he says it's non-existent. They don't well, operate they green bushes. But, well, um, from Brazil, though, between uh, Sigma and then uh, Latin resources as well, they could secure a lot of supply out of there if they did look at that. Yeah, at I'm that not, region. I'm not fully across where their volumetric constraints are because it might be linked to. To the downstream facilities in certain areas, and, and and that might restrict what they actually will be looking for. But regardless, it's it's an interesting question for the people who know the company Albemarle is um is like super closely. Like, what what do they do now? Mm. What do they well, buy? What's the uh, what's the takes from the brokers, Trav? What's uh what's the big the head honchos of the research <laughs> industry saying about the deal? They're getting the downgrades roll in, Matty. Uh, it's interesting to see. I saw Kate McCutcheon at City. A downgrade was the first one I saw rolled through. She put a sell with a two dollars thirty price target on it. Uh, quote from her: "You mightn't get a chance to sell it higher than that." Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So she goes, "We think a counter offer is unlikely to come from Hancock, given offtakes are locked up 
till 2030 and project ramp up risk. Goldman Sachs, so uh, Hugo there slapped a sell on it. His price target's $1.85. Goldman, of course, have um, a notoriously low end long term spot domain price, but you know, to get that to get to that 185, he's, he's, he's bolted on an M and A premium onto that valuation price target. So Hugo says uh, Hancock having built a 19.9% stake in Liontown may be a barrier to other future potential acquirers. We're getting a common theme here, Maddie. Mm. And um, credit to, to Jarden, they they actually went underweight in their recommendation on the 29th of September, citing the exact risk that we've seen emerge here. They said, if the scheme fails, we view Hancock has sufficient interest to decide its next steps in its own time. Jarden, some of the past valuation of lying down is about $1.56 per share. Jeez. And there's also... Uh, take from Twitter, I thought was worth sharing. The initial tweet, and then there's a retweet. So the initial tweet is from Mondi Invest. He says, uh, massive news in lithium M&A, Albemarle not proceeding with Liontown, following their four-week due diligence and Gina throwing money around. What happens next? Well done to those who sold into Gina at $3 per share. Respeculator has retweeted this and says, wherever this deal goes is, but I'd point out one fact. Pilbara, PLS, is an $8.5 billion enterprise value with a proven shallowish open pit, DMS slash float, operating mine with decades of life. Liontown is a $6.5 billion EV underground float development project. One is way overvalued in my books. What the fuck is Gunner, is Gina up to? Gunner. Gina. What is Gina <laughs> going to get up to? Uh, yeah. So I think that's a fair point, right? Like the relative valuation between Pilbara and Liontown has been sort of startling for ages um, and – yeah, it's that's why the price discovery piece of, of, a, of a capital raise is, is so interesting in my mind um, because I, I don't know where price discovery is, but I, um, I'm really, really curious. I'm really, really curious. It's I've never seen something like this in you know, a mid-deal where um, value could potentially just fall off um, really, really quickly. I wonder, uh, You wonder if um, Liontown took any of the earlier offers from – Albemarle, which well, I remember were around two bucks twenty, two bucks thirty, or something like that. You wonder if they took those deals. If this um, same process would have pay, played out with uh, Mrs. Miss Reinhardt, considering it was you know numerous, numerous months ago. Mike, yeah, uh, it's it's a fair question to ask. I guess the uh, the other perspective is like, at what point do you think Gina's interest in the project was expressed? Because it might have been expressed in the midst of those other bids somewhat privately and um, and if that was the case then yeah ma- maybe you feel more confident in, in, in rejecting the offers along the way mm. right next story Trav Dacian so Genesis have put forward a proposed takeover offer so look it's finally happened now this this first started way back in July 2022. Um, for, uh, for those that don't remember and Genesis are now going to acquire the remaining, 20% shareholding of Dacian via, via a binding bid implementation deed. So if you let's let's set the scene. As we said, um, Genesis put in a like a, a takeover offer back in July 2022. It took them till February 2022 to get 80% holding. Uh, in in that period, we had Kin get involved, you had Delphi get involved. So to, as I said, Genesis own 80%. Kin Mining owns 7.34% of Dacian. The German Delphi Group 
They own 3.22% of Dacian and they also own 41% of Kin. So effectively it's the this Delphi and Kin, mostly Delphi, wedged themselves in there. So Genesis could not get to the 90% compulsory acquisition mm. level of, yeah. of Dacian. 100% so, right. And then it was just left untidy. Genesis, had, Genesis didn't have ownership of all the – um, Mount Morgan's, there was still the Dacian company still existed. It was just untidy. Now it's uh, now it's been been tidied up. You'd say, Trav. Yeah, proposed to be. Yeah, the the Kin German kind of consortium caused a bit of havoc uh, last time around, and not it was like yeah, not great, not a great outcome for Genesis at all because like it basically restricts the optionality you have with all of that infrastructure that Dacian has, be it, you know, both the deposits and the mill because you have to operate in a sort of way that doesn't um, advantage uh, the, the interests of, of Genesis above other shareholders and that's a really complicated and frustrating thing to have to do when you want to maximise your optionality by sending certain feed here and utilising this mill there. And So you can't – effectively they couldn't say go to the Jupiter resource and send that to Gualia because – you, That's you not could, in the interest of Dacian shareholders because right. you're not utilising yeah. the Mount Morgan's mill. Well, they could, they could do that, but it would have to be in a in a form of arrangement. Some you know there'd, there'd be all of this um, tolling and all that sort of stuff agreement. And it yeah. you'd have to be able to demonstrably kind of stand behind the fact that it was that was a decision that was in the best interest of um, of the other Dacian shareholders, not just Genesis. Yeah, and all that stuff is um is a real fuck around to have to <laughs> to have to mm. do. It's just easier and like way simpler to have the optionality to own it outright and also like save on all of the other crappy overhead you've got to you've got to pay for listing fees you got all that all that stuff sucks and it's just like it'd be incredibly frustrating um to have to navigate um but yeah this is basically a bid to to get rid of all of that complication yeah which was the intent at the start just uh they wedged themselves in so okay look last week before this happened dacian were trading at 12 and a half cents so Genesis's offer was so it's 0.1685 Genesis shares for every Dacian share held. So implied value 23.5 cents. So 88% premium to that last closing price. But you know, with a Genesis deal, Trav, there's always a bit of something clever that oh, I think it even impresses you, mate. I reckon you like oh. this sort of stuff. Oh, uh, yeah, you want to see a bit of structuring. Um, yeah, yeah, it's good to see some 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 clever structuring going in. Because the big risk yeah. is like, yeah, the big risk is that you do this um, takeover bit again. Imagine, imagine how silly you look if uh, if the Germans can hold out again. You're like, bloody hell! Like, it's two times <laughs> we bloody failed. So they had to throw in a bit of a carrot and they had to dangle that carrot and ensure that uh, ensure that that wouldn't happen. It's a pretty intriguing mechanism to ensure the uh, kin and the Germans bit, Matty. Mm, so uh, the the carrot is so if. Genesis gets to a minimum of 95.1% interest in Dacian by or once people start accepting. The offer would be improved to 0.1935 shares instead of 0.1685, so per Genesis shares per Dacian share. So that puts it up to an implied value of 20 cents, 27 cents for Dacian. So that's 116% premium to Dacian's last closing price. Essentially, this is the carrot to ensure both Delphi and Kin accepted the deal. And it worked, mate. It worked. They, um, They've both accepted today. They have accepted today. And you, you might be wondering why out of kicker if at the specific number 95.1%, it's a strange number you might be thinking. It's because in a takeover, Genesis need 75% of the Dacian shares they don't already 
own to vote for the offer in order to move it to a compulsory acquisition. That's 75% of the 20 it doesn't own equals 15%. So 80 plus 15 is the 95. It's the 95.1 threshold. Um, And, yeah, Kin accepting into the deal has turned their 10 million bucks into a tidy 24 million in uh, 12 months, which, um, yeah, which hence their share price is up 30% since uh, pre-announcement. Not a bad bad little play there for Kin. Yeah. And we will get into them. So, look, you'll – um, you'll see in Dacian's, Dacian's wording that the, this, uh, this deal implies a total equity valuation of Dacian at that offer price of 328 million, but it's, oh. it's not a, like, it's not a, it, it's technically, technically correct. It values the company oh, at that, so. but it's, it's, it's not correct. No one's going to pay $328 million for hundred percent of Dacian. It's just a, a silly, <laughs> would you pay, you know what I mean? Like that, it's just, um. Yes, like the, it's not like Genesis have even paid that. They picked up 80% a lot cheaper. And yeah, well, they've, they've, they've effectively paid $63 million for this remaining 20%. In, in, these are in Genesis shares, So, mm. the, but if you put a, like a implied, rough implied valuation, $63 million. Um, remember, the, I guess the initial deal was at 0.08 Genesis shares per Dacian share. So the, look, it's about nearly two and a half times that amount of shares now in this deal. So that was implied at 10.2 cents at the time. So I guess back then the implied value for all of Dacian was 111 million as mm. the equity value. Um, you know, like Janet, but that's Genesis share price has gone up a bit since then, like, and so it's Dacian. So it all gets confused in there. So look, a, a rough thumb suck. Now, this is a rough thumb suck. This is probably out of your this is, this comfort is Maddie's, zone. This is Maddie's Excel spreadsheet. This way, is my mine. way of understanding <laughs> just, yeah, which is, doesn't conform with the finance world, but Trav's letting me run with it. You you could say if you like, based on what they've paid for the 80% worth of shares in, in Genesis shares plus the remaining 20% at this much higher value, they've effectively – in script paid about 150 to 170 million for the 2.9 million ton per annum mill and all the Dacey and all bodies. So it's all mm. thumb suck. They haven't paid 328 million, which is the current value. They've paid, you know, well under probably probably half of that. So that's their and as that's where we link it to Gina. Mm. Gina's paying a premium for this 20% to now gain control, but now she's got control. That share price could slide, and she might get the eighty, the other eighty percent for a lot cheaper. So, uh, mm. I think she's not a bag holder at all. I don't think mm. pretty smart play. I think. Yeah, time will tell on that one. But yeah, I, yeah, nice, nice work on the uh, the thumb sucks, Maddie. Is it? Does it pass the like <laughs> in terms of agricultural finance? That'd have to be up there, wouldn't it? Uh yeah, pretty pretty agricultural. <laughs> I mean, we're talking dollar terms and it's all in script and those share prices fluctuate a lot and all that sort of stuff. But, yeah, thumb suck, okay. Yeah, I'll pay the thumb suck. Yeah, um, so that's why I had the 20 million yeah, gap in. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> margin, margin of error. <laughs> uh, we're, so we're a day in and it's amazing, right? Deal announced yesterday and we're like so close to compulsory acquisition already. This is bloody record timing um, for a deal to be done. It's fascinating. So the Kin and the Germans, with them – accepting into it uh, on my numbers we're at 93.6 percent interest yep. so wouldn't be surprised to see the threshold has actually been reached from other shareholders who might have accepted today as well and if that were the case you'd go from announced deal monday compulsory acquisition level 
Wednesday. We'll see if that actually happens. But um, yeah, that's a pretty pretty short timeline. Helps to get when you got eighty percent already. It, it does, but <laughs> it does, it does. Uh, they still needed to to get yeah the fifteen. But um, and there's not too many shareholders left. And um, it's fascinating too, Matty, because in doing the the homework for this one, I uh, uh, we, we 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 wanted to talk about the strategic rationale, right? And the main one that we've talked about in the past is is Tower Hill. So. You know, in your words, kind of how does how does Mount Morgan's and Dacian kind of enable Genesis to monetize Tower Hill? Well, everyone, everyone's been talking about the king of the hill, Red Five, getting whoever gets control of that big five and a half million ton per annum, low cost operating mill will is the sort of the key for consolidating consolidating the region. Um, but now that Genesis have tidied up this and gained control of their, you know, 2.9 million tonne per annum Dacian mill. They've got their 1.4 million tonne at Gualia. Having that red uh, red 5 mill now isn't as necessary. They've got a base case scenario now where they don't need that mill. They've got – they can send the Tower Hill uh, ore to the Mount Morgan's mill or they can send a bit to Gualia, a bit over there Like because Gualia will be anticipated by the time Tower Hill comes online, you'll, Gualia will be getting filled up with Gualia and Ulysses ore and the Admiral open pit as well. Tower Hill can go to Mount Morgan's. They've got the, the Jupiter pit out at uh, in the from the Dacian Temmins. I think they've got the Redcliffe one that come out as well. So now they've got control of the Mount Morgan's mill and the Gualia mill needing that king of the hill mill isn't as mm. – it'd be nice, mm. but it's not a necessity. They've got a base case scenario that works now. Mm. And remember that um, when we are talking about needing king of the hill and red five, red five were trading at like between 15 and 20 cents. Now red five are trading at – I think they closed 32. at 32 yeah. at over a billion dollars. So instead of uh, Genesis having to pay, say – with a premium 700 mil maybe three or four months ago. Now they'd have to mm. pay at least $1.3 billion for Red 5 and we'll get into mm. Silver Lake having their little yeah. 10% um, <laughs> yeah. kin-style stake in Red 5 now. So yeah. that's my uh, – Yeah, and I'm sure Genesis will be keen to talk to the market about the fact that there's the base case without the yeah, King of the Hill mill now because um, you've seen the articles roll through – um, incumbent media who kind of talk about uh, incumbent media a lot. That <laughs> <laughs> they talk about a deal to be done, a you know, deal on the cards with um, Genesis and everything like that. And I think you know, I, I, don't, I don't, I haven't done the if 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 the Red Five share price is including some sort of takeover um, premium built in there already. Uh, like I think Genesis will be keen to talk to the fact that they don't need that, so that. that Whatever whatever premium might be there is eroded, and then if they actually wanted to embark on the consolidation of it, it's um, done in a more favourable, yeah, yeah, merger ratio where, where there's less, yeah, more more attained for the existing shareholders in, in, a, in a future consolidation story. But and you do and you do look at the map, like as big as the Red Five Mill is, it's the westernest mill, like it sort of it's further away from everything, like everything, yeah. all the high grade stuff in that region could go there and supplement, you know the what's coming out of King of the Hill. Sure, it'd be great, but um, yeah, they got the case at the moment where they've got mills on either end and deposits in the middle. So Yeah. And that Tower Hill, though, it's still going to take a couple years for it to actually 
come online, right? Mm. It's not yeah, like the, and the big thing about that is it's a like it sounds like it's got great potential as an open pit, like good grade. I think we'll go through it later. One point eight gram resource for the for a big open pit, but they've got to move a rail line for it, and it's yeah. not like I don't think you just move a hundred meter section and uh, yeah. <laughs> just divert it around. Like I think it's like a mm. I think it's a pretty like kilometers worth have got to be yeah. diverted around. I think I think they can start a portion of the pit mm. uh, but the for the full the full design or the full pit to be excavated they need to have this rail line diverted so gotcha. you know, local authorities to deal with and yeah. and a high cost to to do that I'd imagine. So that's yeah. that's why that timeline that two to three years is is a thing. Gotcha. So, and there's another one. I was looking at um, Dacian's sort of, you know, portfolio of, of assets. And, um, Maddie, would you believe I'm disappointed that we didn't predict this deal a couple of weeks ago because two weeks ago we – Just didn't read this bit. Yeah. That's why we would have predicted it. We would, we would have. <laughs> Could we have got have. a double. So, so two weeks ago we spoke about Genesis's pre-quarterly announcement where they talked about the cash and production. Um, at the same time, Dacian announced that it had received – final mining approval for the hub deposit at Redcliffe. So on that announcement, you scroll to the bottom of the announcement, there's an appendix and um, there's some key terms in the deed between um, Dacian and the Commonwealth. They they clarify in uh, that, that there's a change of control clause in the deed that says Dacian must seek written consent of the Commonwealth prior to a change of control. They then include this one sentence. They clarify, the deed recognises that an increase in the voting power in Dacian held by Genesis Minerals Limited will not be a change of control for the purpose of this clause. The information was there, mate. They were ah. bloody clarifying it for shareholders. Are clearly he handed it to us on a platter. There was a deal on the table, but he just didn't read far enough on the announcement. The reason I bring it up is because I think this Redcliffe project matters, this hub deposit. I think it's part of the rationale. You can bring it up on a, on a map here and you can see what I'm talking about. Um, Redcliffe, this is the package that Dacian picked up from the merger with NTM when, when they merged in 2021. The hub deposit has a bit of a modest high-grade deposit within there. Um, flashing up on the screen, the, the total mineral resource, and there's ore reserves there as well. The, the hub deposit is the one to kind of focus in on. Um, there's a mineral resource at hub of 1.7 million tonnes at 3.1 grams for 168,000 ounces and um, there's an ore reserve there of 580,000 tonnes at 3.4 grams for 64,000 ounces. So it's not much, it's modest. There's a bigger, broader resource there, some of which you know might be able to um, be monetized as well, but it's the, the high-grade stuff everyone always sort of hones in on. And when you think that Mount Morgan's mill is on care and maintenance. Approvals um, have come in to mine at Redcliffe. Surely when Genesis and Dacian merge, given there's approvals and given there's a reserve, Hub just goes to Gualia, right? And imagine, I imagine this is a, a, a driver behind doing the deal now as well because because otherwise, like, if Hub is able to be mined now, how do you how do you actually pitch to shareholders of Dacian, other shareholders of Dacian other than Genesis, that the right thing to do is to send that deposit to Gualia. They'd be like, no, 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 send that, send that to Mount Morgan's, right? Which is on care and maintenance. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So Gualia Mill's spinning right now. Yeah. So and needs feed. Yeah. It, it just, you just have to have an additional like process of an additional arrangement, all that sort of stuff. So I wonder if, um, if the desire to send hub to, to Gualia and, um, could, could actually be part of the rationale of doing a deal right now as well. Yeah. Yeah. And it'll, uh, 
It doesn't. It doesn't force the uh, Mount Morgan's mill to be turned on earlier than necessary, mm. and that's that's a key thing. Mind they you, I looked stripped. At, they just stripped a bit of equipment there. They'll have to put back to take to yeah. Kualia, So, mind you, I looked through the bit of statement, everything like that, and it wasn't a single. There wasn't any point in the rationale or synergies that talked about sending hub to Gualia. This is purely. My hypothesising, Maddie. Uh, oh, so which... it's pretty much right, Trav. <laughs> guaranteed to be right. Mate, why were uh, Genesis so shorted? This is interesting. Think? I don't know if you saw this right, but they were, they were like you up in the top three shorts. For yeah, a while number there. two. Uh, it's like that were like, massive short interest on Genesis. They very recently got admitted to the ASX two hundred, and then you saw short interest massively spike. They, yeah, second highest. It was about ten percent um, short interest. A few theories why. One is um, one one of them is just like okay. There's a bit of an outlook that because when you get added to the ASX 200, there's a lot of um, programmatic buying of the stock that happens because you got to get added to all of these, um, you know, indexes and that means ETFs have to buy you. And some people bet on the mean reversion of that. So, you know, you counter trade the ETF that bids you up and bet on a bit of a mean reversion. And another thing I've heard is that um, some people pitching the short trade we're talking about anticipating a poor, poor quarterly um, that 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 shows that Genesis is sort of overvalued, um, you know, on a relative basis. And I, I I still couldn't quite figure out the super high short interest even factoring in those two. Of course, the pre-quarterly that came out um, sort of showed a relatively positive quarter on balance. So that 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 one's still a bit of a an interesting point for me, Maddie. We've been well. I've been I've been asking people around what they think of the deal. And there's been a few different perspectives out there. Some people I've spoken to are not happy. They think that um, that the consolidation story that's going to unfold in in the Leonora region now, there's a bit of a precedent to say that um, that Genesis might kind of ultimately fold and 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 pay up if anyone at the kind of wants to wants to withhold and stand out. So you can think of Silver Lake with their wedging position in um mm. in red, right? So. Some people are unhappy there. Others think it's about time. Glad to see it all cleaned up and simplified, and um, and the logical thing to to happen. There's a hefty premium paid, but it's um, only on the twenty percent, not the other eighty percent. I think they, um, well, I suppose they didn't have to pay extra for the Leonora thing. They just pulled forward the what was it? It was the Tower Hill contingency, wasn't it? Mm. Um, yeah, on in the in the in Silver Lake the, example, yeah, yeah. And they were like but on on script on those deals. Silver Lake Silver Lake looked like it was a more premium deal, but based on Silver Lake share price now, it was mm. not a premium at all because they've declined, yeah. declined a lot since then. So yeah, um, yeah. yeah. Uh, what about other juniors in the in the region, Trav? Like we is, talked about Kin. We love talking about the Leonora story, mate. And I think I'm I'm curious. You, you've got. A f- Spivy or oh, flashy looking map here that shows all of the uh, all the options in the region. Now, this, yeah, I forget who I, ne- I nicked it off one of the juniors. Yeah, so. I, I looked at like I, I saw Kin wedging themselves into Dacian and thought like Kin are just trying to get wrapped up in the whole consolidation piece. They've made a good buck on their um on their mm. investment in Dacian, but this now kind of you know cleanly separates Genesis from Kin. So um so it adds a bit more you know like like it's not so clear that. Kin gets acquired by Genesis now, but looking at what they've got on offer there, Maddie, do you think Kin could be a future takeover target in the long run for the whole, you know, Leonora consolidation story? I think Kin want to be based on the <laughs> based on the history and like, I guess what they're if you combine wedging themselves in this Dacian scenario, they haven't 
last feasibility study update I found from them was 2019. They've got a heavy language in all their presentations and reports um, about about mer- merger and consolidation in the region. Look, they just they appointed a business development executive in the June quarter last year, Nick Anderson, who who has, as they quote. A wealth of experience in corporate transactions, mergers, and acquisitions. I think so, the MD got bumped recently, and someone else came in. Yeah, that's when I think. Uh, uh, that's when Rowan, Rowan Johnson come in, mm. and then um, yeah, yeah, Nick Anderson come gotcha. in as well. So, look, that Cardinia, their flagship project, this Cardinia project, that's it's forty three kilometers from Gualia, so it's. The resource is it's one and a half million ounces at one point two seven grams gold, um, but that's it's contained within like seventeen different ore bodies. If you look at the mineral resource estimates, so like in contrast, you've got Tower Hill, which is Raleigh's little pet project. That's one point two million ounces at one point eight grams, and then what did you say? I think the hub that was I think hub Redcliffe I think combined was about one one and a half. Right. I think the total mineral resource. So, look, much this one's a much a much lower grade. Definitely ounces, but at that grade, would you truck at forty three kilometres to Gualia when they've potentially got higher grade options to put in there to supplement that mill? Um, yeah, don't know, don't think so. Yeah, I think uh, I think they'll take they'll enjoy their thirteen fourteen million dollar profit, but mm. yeah, I don't. Don't see them yep. getting interested. That's uh, my first take. There's two, two more to talk about. Red 5, obviously, we've spoken about to death. Silver Lake recently wedged themselves in with a – Wedged. Uh, wedged the key bought, word. They bought a stake, um, which is very kin, kin-esque. In, uh, but, you know, kin bought their stake amidst a live transaction. This is mm. Silver Lake bought a, bought a stake um, before before there was a bid yet. But amazingly, Red has a $1.1 billion market cap now. That's versus Genesis's $1.6 billion market cap on a pro forma basis after the Dacian deal – um, is all, all done. The benefit of King of the, the Hills, um, yeah, I mean, I guess there's going to be if, if they if they were to kind of get this deal across the line with uh, with Red in the future, then of course there's that that juicy big 5.5 million ton per annum plant. So they could they could effectively turn Gualia off and send everything to King of the Hill. Like that's that's what the benefit would be. You've just yeah. got a massive five and a half million ton. You can chuck your high grade feed in from Gualia, Ulysses, keep mining the open pit at King of the Hill. You'd have stocks coming out your ass. You wouldn't yeah. even need to run uh, Gualia. Yeah, okay. that's that's gotcha. that's the benefit I'd say. Yeah, it's just much more efficient to run at high grade through a five and a half million ton mill mm-hmm. than running trying to supplement a one point four and try and feed that five and a half with the lower grade King of the Hill material. Mm. So, but as you said, based on the valuation, if they have to cough up 1.3 billion plus for it, and with Silver Lake in there, they've got the base case that they don't that they don't need it. So, yeah, can't can't see that happening anytime soon. Um, yeah, yeah, maybe, yeah. but yeah. yeah, maybe they if they didn't do it when it was half the price, I don't think they're going to do it now while it's double and mm. still going up on a higher gold price. Yeah, then then. Uh, Looking around the region at some juniors. Not financial advice, everyone. So by the way, <laughs> there's you got Saturn in the region. Uh, they've got they got they got a deposit which raised was, a bit of coin yesterday. Yeah, eh? I think they, they 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 yeah they did raise a bit of coin yesterday, which is probably why it got my attention. <laughs> um, but uh, 
Yeah, it's like one of those low grade ones. And well, they got a, theirs is the, the Apollo Hill. That's a heap leech proposed heap leech operation. Like based on the map, did a bit of Google Maps finding, couldn't find it. But it was, that's about fifty k's from Gualia, about ninety k's from Mount Morgan's. But look, one point eight million ounces at zero point five four grams per ton. So very very low grade. But it, as I said, it's a heap leech operation. Benefit of that is they don't have to have like a ball mill to crush it down to 150 micron or anything. They only have to crush it to about 8 mil. Um, so that's 8,000 micron. So a lot, lot less power, lot, lot less energy required, lot less crushing capacity. Um, and look, even though it's a 1.2 to 1 strip ratio, it's still half a gram. So And they're, they're targeting 10 million tonne a year to go through that heap leach. So I couldn't see it feasible to truck half gram dirt, 50 k's to Gualia. Um, yeah, and I can't – I don't think I'd see Genesis looking at someone like that or maybe maybe someone else might, but I couldn't. I definitely couldn't see Genesis looking at that and building a additional – because even though it's heap leach, it still needs a primary crusher, a secondary crusher. So it's got two crushers. It's got a – I think it's got a high-pressure grinding, rolling thing, uh, HPGR or something – then it's got to be leached. Then it's still got to go through all your um, adsorption tanks. So the leaching puts it into the cyanide solution, but you still have to have all your um, adsorption leaching tanks and your eluate and all that. So it's um, still a, still a decent milled build. I think it was a few, a few mm. hundred million bucks or something, pre-production capital. So gotcha. yeah, don't see that sparking the interest. Well done, mate. Uh, good good uh Good segment there. We've oh. talked talk to death about that one. Good to, good to have a bit of Leonora back in money of mine. Yeah, we're, we're gearing up for the Battle of Leonora 2.0. So, uh, yeah, this is, you know, probably probably uh, signals that there's some some time for that one to plan out. But Cheers, Mr. Finlayson, for getting <laughs> us back in the game. I'm sure he's so thrilled we're talking about it. I can't wait to see uh, what Silver Lake do next as well because, uh, yeah, their, their hat's in the arena now too. So. Well, what do you think they're going to do? Oh, I don't do know. you think they're just going to – maybe they'll just take Red 5. Maybe. Yeah, mate. I don't know. Will they? Well, if you look at their, I guess, depleting depleting reserves at their other operations, sugar sugar zone on care and maintenance, they've got, you know, what have they got? A few hundred million bucks in cash? Yeah. 200, a few hundred. So, Oops. look, I'm sure they can uh, put a bloody, got 10% of red already. Can they afford red? I mean, I think... Um I think they got comparable market caps now. It might be the other way around, but yeah. Oh, it'd be a, a, a what did you say? Merger of equals. <laughs> uh, all right, mate. Anyway, so, bit of news. Other news for today. We'll rip through it. Mr. Mark Creasy. Yeah, it's from today, uh, today and yesterday. This this combined news. Um, things to talk about that that we don't have time to go do a deep dive on. Uh, what have we got? Creasy adds to his uh, Azure position, bought another 16 million shares on market, so can't get enough of Andover. Remember, he's got 40% of the project himself and uh, I think it's a 13% stake, and yeah. that 13% has just gone up a bit, marginally. Yep. Polymetals, uh, they put out a restart study on the Endeavour silver, zinc, lead mine in the Cobar, Maddie. Uh, 10-year mine life, 78% IRR on a post-tax basis and a $144 million NPV at 8% discount rate. It feels like the more studies you do and mm. the more work you put in in between the studies, the IRR keeps going up. 
that work like that, doesn't it? Like you know, you just chuck you a, chuck a bit of a bit of more capital in in between studies, and then it like then uh, you do a yes. new study, you got a better IRR. That's very true. This this case though, they acquired it uh, relatively recently, so I don't think they're thrown any much oh, no, of their own capital in. But yeah, but yes, it. yes, you're 100 right. If you do an updated study halfway through construction, of course, your economics is going to be way better because <laughs> you've now got a huge portion. Oh, uh, we've got um, AIC, a yep. ticker A1M. They come out with their quarterly results. Uh, stock jump 15% yep. today, Trav. Record quarterly throughput, LOEs showing cash flow positive mining uh, and their proceeds that they're putting into the Jericho. So uh, that was an interesting one. Spartan, uh, ding, 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 on, on our front, we own – the stock, but it's down 7% on a new discovery. Uh, so <laughs> fascinating. It has, how that been, it has been rallying a lot leading up to this yes. announcement. So it's yeah, all yeah. crept up to about 42 cents down. Yeah. So it was, it was trading about 41. I think it just cracked. 40 cents of Savi. So mm. they, um, yeah, highlighted some new areas under the Gilby's pit. And there was another area as well. So 10 metres at 20 grams from 96 metres, 1,600 metres from the Never Never deposit. So, um, yeah, yep. multiple, bit, of, bit of plans for growth there. And then you got uh, another another drill bit hit. This was London Metals, so nickel play, Canberra region there, 14 metres at uh, 4.13%. At Foster, nickel at Foster South, so share price fell and open, but closed up eight percent. Question without notice, travel. No, you love these with Spartan. Yep. Now that they've highlighted these additional areas, I think they're, you know, they've still got. I think it was about thirty million bucks in the bank. Mm. Do you reckon they're going to raise? I don't know, Maddie. I, I don't know. <laughs> Maybe multiple multiple ore bodies now. I think yeah. they'll be looking to bulletproof, and they're not they're not doing the exploration decline, so they're putting all the money into the drill bit, and they want to obviously prove up as much as they can. Every uh, every company, Matty, that doesn't make cash flow has got to, got a raise coming. Mm. <laughs> so, yeah, will it be coming so sooner rather than later? I don't know. Uh, clarification on a prior episode. I got I got one to talk about. So we had a discussion. Ding ding. ding. <laughs> oh, you have a ding ding ding. <laughs> Yes, yeah. So we had a discussion about the total shareholder return threshold for St. Barbara's FY24 performance rights. We have been reassured that the TSR hurdle in the performance rights requires a 20% total shareholder return each year. So each of FY24, 25 and 26 for 100% of them to vest rather than 20% cumulatively over the three total, i.e. 6.3% per annum. So despite... Uh, what's been insisted is our misinterpretation. I'll let the astute money miners form their own opinion if they want to do some homework based on the publicly released information we did ours. Nonetheless, I'm glad the real goalposts for TSR are higher. It's a begrudging SBM shareholder. <laughs> it's good to see. Yo, you'd be the least begrudge because you bought 500 bucks <laughs> real late. <laughs> <laughs> right, oh, Trav. Good stuff, mate. Thanks to all the sponsors that always we had. Terra Capital, our great friends at the top of the show. Also, Smec Power and Technology, Anytime Exploration Services, JP Search, the financial recruiting gurus, and the RC Drilling Experts, and the employer of Rhino Sullivan. That's all you need to know, K Drill. Thanks for all your support of money of mine, and we really appreciate it. Cheers, Ricardinho. I'm going, oh, I'll be down at Southwest Connects, bloody uh, Wednesday, Thursday, the conference down Busso. Beautiful. Come grab a beer with me. The information contained in this episode of Money of Mine is of general nature only. It does not take into account the objectives, financial situation, or needs of any particular person. Before making any investment decision, you should consult with your financial advisor and consider.
appropriate, the advice is to your objectives, financial situation, and needs.